0: Hi there, and welcome to this week's episode of The Selling Sessions, a podcast designed to help you sell your business, brought to you by United Capital, an investment company that could buy it. This week's discussion centers on the importance of relationships to getting a deal over the line. United Capital is not a private equity firm, and we generally like the leaders of group companies to stay on, at least for a while. So it's critical to us that we develop strong working relationships with all of our sellers. We're also talking about setting expectations and how trusted advisors are key to making sure that people on all sides are satisfied with the deal that's eventually done. If you're thinking about selling your business, make sure you listen in every week. Our experts give you the inside track on how to approach the sale process. Enjoy episode 10 and don't forget to tune in next week for more practical advice and top tips.
1: This week I'm delighted to be joined by Isman Wallach, uh, Head of Business Services at Grant Thornton. Uh, By way of introduction, would you like to start by telling us a little bit about yourself and briefly how Grant Thornton can help those looking to sell their business?
2: Sure. Morning, Paul. Uh, Thank you for the the introduction. Uh, So I'm a partner at Grant Thornton. Uh, I've been with the firm for uh, over 20 years and been doing M&A for for most of that that period. Uh, I lead our uh, national uh, business services M&A practice, so we advise uh, owner managers, private equity, large corporates on uh, essentially, buying and selling businesses, and in the instance of, of buying businesses, also uh, the ability to uh, we have the ability to raise capital to to fund the purchase of of, of those businesses. The, the the team at Grant Thornton we have about one hundred and fifty professionals uh, across the country, so we're one of the largest uh, mid market M A businesses in in the UK. Transaction sizes uh, vary from you know five million at the lower end up to two hundred million at the top end. Um, and uh, yeah, t- delighted to be uh, uh, talking to you, Paul. Uh,
1: absolutely, uh, absolutely delighted that you're you're on today. It's really appreciated uh, giving us a bit of your time, and I'm sure our listeners will be appreciate your insights as well. Um, you, obviously, you you guys are trusted advisors. You have been for many years within the sector. Um, trusted advisors and setting expectations early. Why do you think this is so important?
2: Uh, I think I mean uh, transactions are very turbulent at the best of times and they're very emotional um, for all parties concerned and that's why I think setting expectations from the outset is is very important I think as uh, you know as vendors I, I, you know I always ask vendors who I'm working with you know what is what is it they are looking to achieve from a transaction because yeah. you often set out to achieve one thing on a transaction and where you end up can be vastly uh, different and and also there are multiple permutations and combinations uh in terms of transaction structure transaction valuations um what it means for tra- certain shareholders or or management post deal so i think a lot of a lot of that needs to be you know the expectations need to be set up front so that when you end up with the, some of those potholes in the journey uh and 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 sort of turbulent um sort of situations that they can be managed otherwise you, you can and you can end up in a sort of a state of disarray and worst case scenario you know if a deal does not go through you know everybody still has to work together going going forward so that's why i think the the the, the sort of point around expectations are so important
1: that, that's right. I, I mean, from from our perspective as well, you know, keeping those expectations uh, right from the start are, are, are absolutely key to it. Uh, and, and I guess it comes round to uh, relationships as well then. And how, how do you help uh, sort of uh, achieve willing buyer, willing seller throughout the process as being a trusted advisor during that process?
2: So I, I think that the relationship goes back to Um, the point about expectation and if you are trusted you can set appropriate expectations you know at Grant Thornton that our team is sector-led so we focus on you know business services a core sector for us we have a TMT practice Um, we we, we have a healthcare business um, and we also have have a consumer business so when we are advising companies individuals private equity you know, having that sort of deep sector knowledge, uh, which is trusted, which helps then set expectations, is I think is invaluable when we're, we're negotiating transactions. And that relationship piece, you know, is equally important. You know, for for uh, if you're selling, that relationship can be very helpful with the buyer, um, because it it, it helps again. You know, talking about potholes and turbulent journeys, if you've got a relationship. With the buyer as well as the vendor, then you know we are the conduit,
1: intermediary, we're the bridge uh, to to a deal, and that that will that will always help. Absolutely right. I mean, every deal that we've came across, the relationships are absolutely key, and it's one of the things that you know when we are speaking to to sellers, you know, we we really engage with those relationships because we 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 look for those relationships to continue, you know, even post. Um, Acquisition, so it's it's absolutely key, and obviously having the trusted advisors and setting those expectations right from the start, it it really does bode well for the deal. Um, So so let's say we've 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 went through um, the the NDA heads of terms, and we're now at the financial due diligence stage. You know how how would you ask your uh, clients who are preparing to sell their business uh, how how would they they prepare for financial due diligence?
2: so um it's an interesting question i think my answer to that would be it would depend on the type of deal a vendor is looking for so whether you are looking to sell to a trade buyer or you're looking to um sell to private equity my, my answer would be you know quite different You know, often if you are selling to a trade buyer who knows your sector very well um, has bought a number of businesses in your in, in, in your sector, then you know you might sometimes um you know opt for a process where you prepare marketing materials and the diligence can all be back-end loaded. Um, yeah. Where you're selling to private equity, often the private equity are sector agnostic, they're data hungry uh, individuals, and they will want you know the financial data up front um you know they want to be educated uh, about the business in the context of the market and whether your numbers stack up they'll be looking at multiple opportunities so you need to be as helpful as possible so i would always say where, where you are going into a private equity process i would always recommend undertaking say vendor diligence um fr- from, from the from the outset now yeah. one caveat i would say to all of that there are some basics when it comes to diligence so for example um you know, somebody buying the business will undertake, you know, legal diligence and financial diligence at a minimum. So making yes. sure that, you know, you have the financial data such as management accounts, um, you know, for the, for the last, you know, two years typically uh, and also forecast information, because that is what a buyer is ultimately uh, diligencing. And, and again on legal side, making sure you've got all the key customer, client, employee, property, uh, contracts in, in place, I think, are very important. I, I mean, I've worked with a number of clients where particularly privately owned businesses, uh, you know, the, the owner managers often don't use, um, you know, monthly management accounts. That That isn't, um, you know, a complete uh, blocker to, to a deal, but making sure that you do have the underlying information, whether it be trial balances that can then be used for diligence on a, on a monthly or quarterly basis, Um, Is is very important. So, I think the point I would make is there are some basics that you need to be prepared for in diligence, and then the type of audience you are selling to would also then make a difference as to how you approach diligence.
1: Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. The type of audience is probably one of the key ones for us. I mean, we we're not a private equity firm. Uh, You know, we are looking for um, for the the. The sellers to stay on generally and um, obviously if they're looking to facilitate an exit then um, you know we would be expecting them to, to identify appropriate people either within the orga- organization or without uh, with sorry um, so, so relationships are absolutely key for us whereas you know a lot of private equity firms they've got their own guys they'll just you know um essentially do a page one rewrite of the of the the, the management and um and of course you know the relationships are, are generally probably not as critical for them for uh, for what they're they're trying to do and what they're trying to achieve so you're absolutely right you know you you have to kind of tailor it to the type of audience in which that you're um you're looking to engage with I suppose then, if you talk about financial mechanisms um, such as deferred consideration, for example, what what sort of mechanisms uh, would you be looking at uh, on a day to day basis, and um, and you know how would you steer steer your client depending on the deal? Sure, I suppose
2: uh, to be honest, Paul it depends if I'm buying or or, sell, or selling. So if I'm selling, I try yeah. to avoid um, deferred mechanisms at, uh, at at all cost, but they can be useful. Um, you know, uh-huh. when it comes to bridging potentially uh, differences in value expectations or there are items which are contingent on performance uh, going going forward. So, uh, you know, when it comes to deferred consideration, I-, I would always start with what is the purpose of the instrument that you are using for deferred consideration? So are we bridging a valuation gap? Are we bridging uh, contingent performance or contingent balance sheet items? Um, is it a case that the buyer has a you know a, a funding shortfall? So should it be a vendor loan rather than an earnout type type mechanism? So you know th- th- those are some of the key thoughts that I have when I'm considering um, you know a proposal for contingent deferred uh, c- c- consideration because con- contingent consideration and deferred consideration are two very different instruments. and it's how they are documented and the protections that sit
1: behind those are also very different yeah you're absolutely right and it it depends on the deal and it's hard to to go into into it when you know you don't have a deal in front of you you know to to have a look at and and of course it is it's different for both sides you know obviously we try and and see it from the seller side and, and the buyer side even though we're buyers you know and um, but we, we do try and see it from the seller side as well and of course um, you know trying to maintain that uh, willing buyer willing seller throughout the process and really looking for the win-win ultimately you know i think that that's that's the that's the ideal scenario for everyone uh, involved in a deal and of course that's um, that's where we're we're trying to uh, we're, we're trying to go there Um just on you know obviously you've got you know a huge amount of experience um, is there any sort of learning lessons uh, that that you've had over the over the many years, and um, what what would you advise a seller, um, you know, with those learning lessons in mind, you know, things like could be you know prepare early, for example, you know, what sort of other um, learning lessons have you had over the years?
2: Sure, I would be um, you know I'd be clear about the the deal that a vendor um, would like to do because that can save a lot of time and pain going forward so is it a 100% exit you're looking for trade sale type of deal or is it a you know growth capital private equity de-risking type type transaction i think that would that would be that'd be my first point where you have disparate shareholders and a lot of businesses don't just have you know sole single shareholders make sure all the shareholders uh, are on the same page if your management team is critical to the business uh, and critical to the deal going forward. How do you either bring them into the tent early on or make sure you have a mechanism for bringing them into, into the tent at the right at the right point in point in time? And then the, the final piece is, you know, preparation is hugely beneficial. So making sure you you have all that diligence, um, information you know, ahead of a process, I think is invaluable. Um, I mean, you can often take a view well, let's go to market, see what is out there, um, and then work your way backwards. That is a strategy. Um, I wouldn't say it's the optimal strategy, but um, but you know, if you are prepared from the outset um for, for diligence, then it will lead to a hugely efficient process and also enable a buyer to pay um the 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 price they've offered in the first place based on initial information. Because I always say a deal is is almost you know, like unpeeling an onion you, you you start with initial information you then slowly get you know uh, beneath the various layers and 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 as you go through more and more information is disclosed some buyers might use that to reprice others use it to confirm price some may look at using that information to change the deal structure so you know it's the, the more information you have uh, the more robust information you have the the, the 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 better it is for all parties
1: concerned Absolutely. I, I think that one of the, the the key points there, you know, you, you've, you've clearly outlined as well is, you know, if the seller has a, a clear expectation right from the start as to what it's going to look like and their, their position, whether, you know, they're going to be staying within the, the, the business or whether they're actually going to be away, you know, on the beach somewhere, <laughs> you know, what their exit is going to look like. And I think that a lot of the times when um, you are doing deals, uh, the seller, Uh, may or may not uh, realize what their exit is going to be. So part of that process is really a trusted advisor, you know, asking them that question and saying, well, you know, uh, what is your your exit going to look like here what what is it that you're you're looking to achieve? Uh, and of course there's other considerations as well, you know, whether that's you know uh, family and you know you, you obviously touched on shareholders there as well, you know setting the other shareholders' expectations as well as to what the deal is 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 looking like and what um you know I've seen it before where are you know one one of the the majority of shareholders have uh, wanted to do one thing and other shareholders are wanting to do something else so it's yeah it's 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 sometimes you know hard to manage those expectations but again you know if you've got a trusted advisor right by your side helping um on that uh, and, and looking at the commercials as well you know again it's it's worth worth their weight in gold half the time because you know ultimately you know they're able to um uh, help broker a deal and look for the win-win
2: yeah, yeah absolutely I mean transactions are fundamentally about a meeting of minds um you know uh, there's always a will um on on you know both both sides to, to do a deal and it's making sure that you know it's uh, from, from a buyer's perspective it's all about managing risk and, and and return and from a seller's perspective it's all about optimizing value and what what we're trying to do as, a, as an intermediary is find out find a point that those paths cross ultimately.
1: Yeah, I, I, you're absolutely right. I mean, the relationships are absolutely key um, to to maintaining that that throughout the process, and it sometimes can be a lengthy process, as as you know. Um, you know, you could you could sometimes do a deal within three months, and other times it could drag on years. You know, so it's. Uh, it's it's hard to maintain relationships throughout those periods when you know, if, especially if um, things are you know quite contentious, etc. Uh, but really, you know, maintaining that um, that trusted advisor and, and all, all the relationships on both sides is is probably I, I would say one of the most important factors of uh, of of the, the the selling or or buying process because of you know ultimately you've got. The um, competing uh, arguments on either side, but at the same time, um, you know, if, when you're trying to get to the win-win, you know, when you're trying to ensure that there's a willing buyer, willing seller throughout the process, sometimes uh, the sides have to compromise, and and part of that, if you've got trusted advisor there who's able to give you uh, good advice and risk you know, risk mitigation strategies, you know, these are the these are the are key to the relationships continuing in good faith. Absolutely, yeah. No, I completely agree with that, Paul. Um, just, um, just on on that sort of final point, have, have you got any other final sort of thoughts or 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 anything like that for any sellers that are that are, are perhaps you know um, thinking about their valuations and, and things like that? Is there any sort of so, for example, um, we, we've seen it many times where sellers will come in, they've got you know really high expectations in relation to multiple for the for various sector um, and and of course it's it's really whatever a, a buyer will will buy it at uh, but of course the there's the other side of it as well you know someone who's perhaps not really thought about selling their business and they might actually feel like you know my business is not actually worth that much and then of course you do you look through the the accounts and you say actually do you know your, your, your business is worth a lot more than what you think you know how how do you manage yeah, those it's,
2: it's, it's, it it's evaluation is always an in, you know is, is an interesting point and for many it's the most interesting point um you know uh, people will always compare the value of their business to say the value of a, of a competitor in in the sector um and you know people will use precedent uh, comparables and quoted company multiples to to form a view and and uh, and what i will say is that that is the right benchmark but obviously when it gets down to the nitty gritty Businesses have different management teams. They have different customers. They have different geographical um, uh, coverage. They have different systems and controls, and that and that is what makes every business different and makes every business. Uh, valuation different as well and and ultimately the value of the of a business is the, the beauty lies in the eye of the beholder well, you know when we go back to you know the seller the, the willing seller willing w- w- willing buyer um, a sort of sort of mindset but um, you know it goes back to the point I made before about being clear about what you want to achieve from a transaction, the type of transaction you want to achieve, what it means for you as, as 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 vendors, I think that is you know that that that's a really really good starting point. And always speak to you know individuals you know such as myself who can give you a, a fairly robust view based on our experience of of multiples in the uh, in the market. And and one final point I'll make on valuation is that headline valuation commonly you know people refer to EBITDA multiples. That is one component of value on every deal because you have your headline value, and then you have your, all your normalized working capital adjustments, uh, balance sheet items, net cash, net debt items. And, and, and often, you know, that that enterprise value to equity adjustment in some instances can be a very material uh number. Um, and often vendors will will say to me, Well, I don't understand this point around normalized working capital. And and t- to break it, down in the most simplistic form. Every business needs a degree of working capital to carry on in its current format. When you are selling a business, you effectively have to sell your business. If you're doing a goodwill sale with a level of working capital, if you're doing a trade and assets deal or a balance sheet deal, that's that's separate. But if you're if you're selling your business for a multiple of earnings to generate those earnings, you need a degree of working capital and therefore that working capital has to stay with the business. So I say everyone, you know, a lot of people, I, I should say, focus on the headline number, but understanding the very the various components that get you down to equity value, which is what goes in the back pocket of a vendor is yeah. is equally uh, as important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, uh, negotiations and, and talks around working capital and release of um, release of funds for the seller, you know, the, these are topical uh, points as well. You know, it's um, obviously one of these ones where we could probably talk all day about these. Yeah, and I mean, it's a very, uh, <laughs> it's a, the, the, the normalized working capital and um, balance sheet
2: adjustments are, are very subjective. And again, yeah. um, you, know, it, it, you know, we often spend as long negotiating those points um than than any other points on it on a deal.
1: Yeah, yeah. They they do they do sometimes drag on, do So yeah, it's, yeah, it's it nice. is, it's 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 one of the, the, the key points though. You know, you can see it from you know you try and see it personally I try and see it from both sides of the coin. You know, you 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 look at it from from both sides and you try and get to as I say that that win win position where, you know, um where where everyone's comfortable with it. Um as I say, I think I think we probably could chat about these things all day. So I really appreciate your time today. Usman, um it's really appreciated. Is um how how can sellers uh, contact you?
2: So the, the the best
1: way to contact me is um to, to drop me an email. That's at
2: usman.b.malik at gt.uk.com um or or give me a call on my direct line which is 0207 728 2321 and um i'll be more than happy to speak to anyone looking at sort of selling their business or, or buying another business or or, or refinancing
1: but that's that's fantastic is really appreciate as i say i really appreciate your time today and uh thanks very much great thanks paul cheers thank you
0: Thank you for listening to episode 10 of The Selling Sessions, and a huge thank you to Usman Malik of Grand Thornton for his wisdom around building strong relationships and expectation setting. At United Capital, we're super lucky to have Affinity Business Centre sponsor our podcast. It's a modern co-working space right in the heart of Industrial Dundee, and it's been completely refurbished to offer premium office spaces. It's also the home of our lovely recording studio, and it's made recording this podcast each week super easy. If you need office space close to the centre of Dundee, visit affinitybusinesscentre.co.uk. Don't forget to tune in next week for episode 11, where we'll be sharing more expert advice on preparing your business for sale, brought to you by United Capital, an investment company that could buy your business.